This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. This is Jeremy Roberts on behalf of Hawke's Bay Poetry Live. Program broadcast weekly on Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. You can also go to the website and download a podcast. My very special guest today is C.R. Avery. I'd like to take a moment and read out this description. Hailing from Smith's Falls, Ontario, Canada, C.R. Avery is a critically acclaimed entertainer highly renowned for his distinctive lyrical style and one-of-a-kind vocal delivery. His humble yet prolific contribution to global creative industries as an expert showman, filmmaker, and undeniable master of spoken word craft have seen him make a world-class impression at the forefront of the international spoken word scene. Presenting poetry in motion with a smoothly delivered swagger, D.R. Avery serves up a spectacular fusion between spoken word, singer-songwriter, and beatbox dosed in the mojo of Chicago blues that guarantees a captivating and uniquely breathtaking live performance experience at every show. Wow! The good news, listeners, and anyone else who might be watching, C.R. Avery is touring and performing in Aotearoa, New Zealand. So welcome to Hawke's Bay Poetry Live, C.R. Nice to meet you, Jeremy. Cool. You are easily one of the most experienced writers and performers I've ever had on this show, with many years on the road. I don't know how many gigs you've done. Let's go right back to the beginning, if we can. Who or what turned you on to poetry and music in the first place? Bob Dylan. Ah, okay. How old were you? That's not true. Mm -hmm. Hip-hop would be first. Ah, okay. Um, Yeah, I would say... Um, with being from the sticks um, and <clears throat> it's it's been talked about after the infamous slap at the Oscars but mm. um, first the first uh, uh, hip-hop song to win a Grammy was parents just didn't understand and uh, that's you know that's the first kind of, I didn't hear the message from Grandmaster uh-huh. Flo- uh, okay I was Later. wondering about that yeah yeah, I was just, I was a little too young. Okay. Uh, or just um, in a place where there was no way to hear that. Mm. Somehow, through a mu- I think it was the music video, um, I heard parents just didn't understand. Um, I'd say a little bit my dad's country collection. There's some uh, great yeah. stories. Okay. Kenny Rogers, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. Um, don't take your guns to town. Um, Lucille, um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the country and the hip hop, mm. um, are, are both story based music, sure. 
narrative. What, um, so how about school? Did, did you connect, you know, or has your family got a tradition of performing or music, poetry? Yes, my mother, my mother um, was, uh, was in uh, the classical field, uh -huh. singing opera. So there was a there was a piano in the house. Mm. So you had piano lessons? No, no. Okay. I just, I just didn't. You know, my mom. It was just kind of this funny thing where my mom loved opera, and there was always classical music in the house. But you're a kid, and 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 then you know, just hip hop kind of happened in, in country, and uh, I'd look at the piano and I'd pound out some stuff, but. It, I didn't go that route. I wish okay. I did. Ah, I might um, be too gal. I did. Yeah, but you you must have been a reader. No, I wasn't no. actually. Okay, the opposite. And mm. I tell people, I think that's why I was drawn to story based music because I didn't read for a long time, and so that's how I that's how I got it was the oral tradition. Now I got over that later but at the beginning that's why i loved chuck berry ah uh, the master eh? yeah and because um, it was like you could you could see you know johnny be good was such a story and especially yeah. be, being in the country um yeah uh, do you know that the original lyric uh wasn't country it was colored oh and chuck changed it for um a bigger audience sure which is interesting good and bad but yeah being in the country and i heard country kid um you know maybe it wouldn't have crossed over i don't know mm. but i want that was just like just recently i realized how dirty the lyrics were for um tutti frutti uh <laughs> little richard so yeah, it's like when he played it, you know, when they went to a bar um, during the recording session, like for lunch, and he got on a piano and started doing this thing, and the place went nuts, and the songs they were recording weren't going too good. But then they were like, well, you can't record that. <laughs> so they, they they watered it down a bit so it could get on the radio. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's getting a bit more recognition again um after after you know which is good yeah. all those artists every 10 years mm. so not just getting a, a bit of love right now too which mm. is nice yeah so cr when did you start actually take the plunge and start writing then was it was it around the time you got into rap and hip-hop and whatnot you just thought you know i'm keen yeah i had uh, i got I, I had gotten this tape from my sister because of, there was two shows. There was the Cosby show and A Different World. Uh, uh, and, and you got to remember, you got a picture. I come from like a highway town, like mm -hmm. 600 people, you know, in the whole. And they're all farmers. Okay. So yeah. and the radio was CBC, which is like uh, our national radio and maybe a, a pop station. You know, that's all there was. But on both of those shows, there was hip hop and blues and jazz and we had a vcr so anytime any rapping or beatboxing would happen on those shows i would hit mm. record on the vcr so my sister who was three years older got tired 
of her brother like watching these two minute to a minute snippets over mm. and over on the VCR. So she got me a Fat Boys tape for oh. Christmas, <laughs> and it was there was this great tune, yeah, about uh, uh, called "Protect Yourself," about buying condoms if you're going on a date. But I was nine, you know, so I changed it. I changed. I wrote my own words and uh, started doing that, and then it just never stopped. So that's when beatboxing really started for you. Yeah, they were totally yeah. entwined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listeners and and viewers, if you don't know what beatboxing is, it's it's basically vocal percussion straight into the mic, um, imitating what CR drum sounds, uh, all sorts of sounds, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's mostly drum sounds, a little bit of the, the DJ scratch. Right. Yeah, and so and this is a part of your live show, isn't it? Which. <laughs> yeah, I often went talking to um, music cats about that. Like for me, there's country blues, which is uh, um, an acoustic guitar and a slide and a singer and sometimes harmonica. Um, and that's acoustic blues and we all love it. And then when I went to Chicago and they plugged in the guitars and added um, drums and bass to me you know, that's the same as hip hop. The acoustic hip hop is someone beatboxing and everyone dropping poetry on top of it. Mm. And then electric hip hop is like with the DJ. It's the same as the blues. Mm. Mm. And one is you don't, you don't need anything. It's zero money. And, and you don't need to plug anything in. You know, you can ciphers happen everywhere, mm. oh. which is kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, sure. What did you? What sort of encouragement did you receive when you when you started doing your own thing? Like, did you try and do some early gigs or something like that, or did you? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, the um, you know the beatboxing and the and the writing the rhymes. I was a little kid, you know, mm. and I was living in the country, and then I moved to the city, and hip hop culture had turned very violent. And it was okay. a bunch of it was a bunch of suburban kids, or you know, lower income kids trying to be like they were from Brooklyn or Compton, and it wasn't attractive to me because it's like, you know, you're carrying a blade and you're stealing and you're doing all this stuff, but you don't need to. Um, and so mm. I made a big right turn, okay, for high school. And got into other type. I, that's when I embraced folk music, and that's when I really fell in love with the harmonica and blues. Ah, uh, yes, the harmonica. and song. Yeah. But then I had this cool thing where, and then in my early tw like twenty one, where I was doing a gig with someone, backing them up on harmonica, and I just started beatboxing into the mic, mm. to some like some percussion. Yeah. And the place kind of was like, what was this? <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, I was doing, because of Sonny Boy Williamson, I was doing gigs. Okay. I, I would do songs just singing and kind of doing a, a finger snap and a, and, 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 and a stomp, like singing solo with the harmonica. And then the beatbox just started happening. Mm. And then it went from like, you know, something very old. To something very now mm. you know yeah 
Wow. So, you, yeah. No, that, look, that that that's really cool. I mean, have you um, you're part of its legacy now? So you you're one of the prime prime movers in that medium. How many beatboxers are still out there? Oh, there's tons. Yeah. Yeah, as okay. many skateboards. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, is it a good time for me to ask you to bust out a few lines for us or something now? Do you feel like doing that now, or do you want to keep just chatting? Let's chat, because the uh, truth yeah. is, with this type of recording, um, it's better to use... I mean, that's why I have 17 albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can and talk about the funny about thing you. is, you know, yeah. like even in the studio... When I'm in a studio and we're doing an interview and they want it, it's like this mic, like a fifth, you have to beatbox on a 58. Mm-hmm. It's the only, and it's an older mic and it's not the best vocal mic to some people, but like you're literally a kick drum into a mic. Yeah. And for it to handle that kind of frequency. Mm. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, in interviews, I'm like, we don't have we don't have the proper microphone to really yeah, do this proper. Yeah, yeah, no te- technical thing. No, understood. If you if you fancy giving us a few lines, you know, just just a you know a relatively quiet piece naturally. or something, sometime. <laughs> it will happen naturally. We'll talk about something and then I'll start quoting somebody. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. So, did any key figures? Though, no, is you pretty much a self-made artiste by the sound of it. Not at all. Like, I mean, if there was no uh, Dougie Fresh or the Human Beatbox and the Fat Boys, mm. um, and if there was no Sonny Boy Williamson or Little yeah. Walter or James Cotton or no Lenny Bruce and no Bob Dylan and no Joni Mitchell, mm. I mean, they literally invented a profession for me. You know, okay. when you see when you see Bob Dylan in 64 doing It's All Right, Mom, Only Bleeding, I mean, that's not really a song, is it? I mean, it's like an eight-minute poem. Yeah, 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 and, absolutely. And, you know, and the same with Lenny Bruce, where it's like comedians were just assholes making fun of their wives until Lenny Bruce showed up. And he made it a, a, a viable art form. Yeah, well, he so, had a tra- tragic end, didn't he? But he certainly um, was yeah, cutting but who edge. Knows? He yeah. made a, he made love to God before he died. Like yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone, you know, there's tragedy in everyone's families and everyone's lives to a degree, but but not, not everyone gets that talented. And yeah, the tragic thing is is just like Billy Holiday or um, Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. They they were just from the future. People weren't ready for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's us, yeah. not them. Yeah, yeah. When did you go out on the road? Like, um, did you? I mean, you started performing around Ontario initially, I presume. No, because I moved west ah. pretty young. So yeah, it was just one of those things where, you know, I heard KRS One say, "There's nothing wrong with being a hometown prophet." So mm. my early years was just like I'd be in four different bands. And sometimes the good nights, you'd be doing three gigs a night. Um, And it was all about taking over your town. Um, And then when you started to be able to shoot out and play outside of your town, 
was wild. Um, and then it just kind of goes from there. Yeah, yeah. So you've done hundreds of gigs here, haven't you? Hundreds and hundreds of gigs. Yeah, I mean, it's what yeah. it's my living. Yeah, what I do. Yeah, yeah. And you enjoy being on the road, you know. Obviously, you know, you wouldn't do it if you if you didn't. Yeah, I'm a lucky uh, person because I don't have a stick. You know, I get to be an artist. So if, if for a year, my whole thing is um, touring with burlesque dancers and doing costume changes in different characters, mm-hmm. um, I'm allowed to do that. And then uh-huh. if the next year I want to play with a country band and really get off on the, on the musicality yeah. of, of, of interaction with other players, I get to do that for a year. And then if I want to just tour with a bunch of poets and just really lean into the words. So it's not like I never go out Mm-mm. having to call in songs that I'm tired of because people want to hear them. Well, you're pretty rare. You know, there was times when people yeah. would, would, were, were times like, you know, people would show up and hear uh-huh. me beatbox and do spoken word. And I had a six piece band. And they were like, they were going, what the hell is this shit? You know? But, and I lost those people. But the cool thing is now that people know after doing this for 20 years, at least it's not going to be the same show they saw last year or two years ago. And so comedians talk about that. Like people see your shit on YouTube and they come and they want to hear those jokes. Right. But you've already moved on. And those people won't come. They'll go, uh, you know? But the thing is, the truth is, the, they'll do that once, but they won't come f- the third time to hear the jokes they saw on YouTube. So you disappoint people by always doing something different. Mm. But then the ones that stick around will be there for your whole career because they're realizing that you're on a journey and it's an interesting one. It is. Uh, I can't think of anyone else who's got such strong um you know, experience and pedigree and, and so many different, you know, different areas. You're right. Most people, I'm a, I'm a poet, so I'm going to read my poems for 20 years. I'm, a, I'm in a band. I'm going to play piano with the band for 20. You know, you're, you are very unique. And, um, I mean, on your website, CRAvery.com, there's, there's some great links and some examples of your videos on YouTube and whatnot. And, but you've got everything there. You've got, like, comedy um, almost comedy. I don't want to use the com- the word skit. You, you, I'm just thinking at the moment, what can I use? But you've got you've got humor, comedy. You've got dark stuff. You've got in your face beat beatboxing. You've got um, romantic piano ballads. I mean, you've man, it's it's wide open. Well, you, I, are, if you're in a if you're in a relationship, um there's the phrase that when the honeymoon period is over yeah. and and that's just a matter of life um and then you can have your loved one you lose a family member or lose their job yeah. or you know someone at the office is attractive and flirting with them you know in hip hop they have the phrase a studio gangster and a studio gangster is someone that never talks about the low side of life. Everything is like 
you know, there's there's lots of guns and lots of girls, but never prison time. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for me with with art. If if it's always love songs, it's like really, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then if always depressing tunes, it's like you never kiss someone in the rain, you know. Like it's and so th- there's got to be the spectrum uh, of I like of it. Every, yeah, humanity. And that, that's why I love Bukowski that has mm. this false reputation of harshness it's just the truth is when you come across one of his love poems it's not a con act it's it's the real deal because he showed everything in between and uh, you know dylan is great for that too you know there you could easily fill up a greatest hits just with love songs the most beautiful love songs and then you could fill up another album of breakup songs that are just, whoa, you know, those are the ones that are going to carry you through mm-hmm. in that moment. And then there's the political stuff. Yeah. If your whole yeah. thing is just politics, you're full of shit. And you're, and because life isn't one thing and you, and, and it's like this thing of, of, um, uh, uh persona and, and going, you know, I'm going to fill this slot in the music industry is just, it's, it's, it's not, it's not real life, and you're a studio gangster. Yeah, no, well put. That's that's a very very interesting, a whole different way of looking at creativity, really, isn't it? Um, and you, obviously, you're not afraid to to take risks and, and go, go into new new areas. And uh, people aren't going to comedy is the trickiest one, I think. Is it? I think uh, so. I do you because you, you know, tell... if you've got a sorry, say, say that Jeremy, again. Like... If, Jeremy, if you like, you got poems, and every once in a while you come up with a poem and you read it a few times, and people laugh, mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh, I got a funny poem. That's nice." But it's and that's good to have, and you know it, and you can pull it out when you need to lighten the room. But when you gotta be funny, yeah, I, but, I know. Well, the same poem might not. The next room of people might not laugh. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, I mean, you sort of touched on this thing about, like, I, I would like to think, you know, this creative artist in front of me. How how does it work for you, you know? So you, you, you've you got your muses. Sounds seems to me like you've got a stream of muses. Are you pushing some away to focus on one area sometimes? Or are you, do you have a whole lot of projects on the, on the burners and when one of them is ready, you pull them off and, and take it with you? Or how do you... Um, you know, how do you organize your creativity, CR? There's got to be, of course, a bit of um, compartmentalizing when you have to focus on, and that's everything, like the mother that goes to work and has to focus on figures and, you know, being a team player with whatever job she has and be focused and then come home and leave that at the office and then be a mom Mm. and then turn that off and then, you know, be a lover in in the evening. And if you, if you can't do that, then everything doesn't work, you know? Um, But for me, I think the main thing is there's times when I'm not inspired and I don't feel like playing the piano and I don't feel like painting and I don't feel like memorizing or writing a poem. But then when the spark hits, mm. like a, 
a bomb goes off, right? It's just you just like, well, let's ride the wave until yeah. until it's it's calm again, and I gotta paddle back to the beach and figure out what's the next thing. I'm just so excited when lightning strikes that I go hard until it's not there because it's not like it, there's a thousand lightning storms. It happens when it happens. Sure. sure. Yeah, there's there's a famous poet who said that lightning, you know, the great poets are only hit by lightning, you know, I don't know, three or four times or maybe it's 12 times. But, yeah. But you, so, you, yeah, you obviously don't beat yourself up if, you, if you're feeling a bit um, blank and really just needing to chill out. I mean, Neil Young goes and plays with his trains, doesn't he? Another great Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Guy Clark. Guy Clark um, built guitars. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and all the young kids, like, uh, I forget his name. I think he's in a band called The Bleaches or something like that. But he started producing. Like, he's the 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 young guy that, you know, uh, has done a bunch of Taylor Swift records. He did one. Oh, yeah. I uh, one for, um, or maybe a couple for uh, St. Vincent. And mm-hmm. he was like, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to practice. I don't want to write songs. I don't want to rehearse with the band. I don't want to tour. But instead of playing with trains and building guitar, he goes, I just, I need a break from my music, not music. And then focusing on just producing, Mm. mucking Mm. around sounds and being, you know, the right hand cat for someone that, you know, has a strong vision and wants to get their songs out there. And you're not invested in the same way and, and can do that. I thought it was really neat because he found his his side thing, you know, where Hemingway was to go, you know, uh, bet on the horses or watch, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the Tour de France. He was like, well, no, I don't need a break from art. I just need a break from my art. Yeah. I okay. My best Monica solos are always when I'm backing somebody else up. Ah, uh, okay. And, and that's, that's interesting. Just- why? Because you have nothing else on your brain. Yeah, just chilling there. You're listening to someone get in their zone. You're listening to the words and the musicality, and then they turn, and it's like, oh, it's my turn to kind of hold the, the hold the the stage for a second. And you you haven't been doing it like you've just been soaking it in. But when you're fronting a band and you're doing all the stuff, it's just it's hard to clear the mind and be that mm. that thing. And I'm trying to, because I don't like that my best solos are when I'm backing somebody up. Oh, interesting. Uh, look, I'll, I'll come, I'd like to pick up, you know, Charles Bukowski. Um, what, you know, I mean, it, everything's been said about him. I, I watched a very striking video of your poem called The Boxer. I, I guess kind of a tribute, homage, um, kind of a riffing thing on Charles Bukowski. Um, why, what is it about, about him? And you, you did, it did go into this a little bit, but um, do you think he does get a bad rap about, you know, the booze and the women and, you know, living in the boarding houses? And, and a lot of people think that's all there is to it because there's such tenderness, well, tenderness think, in some I, of his work. I think I think that if I was an architect and I found another architect that was really good at their art form, then I would go deeper than the regular person. Like, what does a regular person give a shit about an architect? It's an architect, like, you know, and it's like, oh, I mean, I appreciate 
that the home has a nice structure. Mm-hmm. But as an artist, like everything is a caricature for most people. People don't know anything about Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a few it's a few phrases or Aretha Franklin or Miles Davis. Mm. They're they're literally, you know, f- four phrases that, you know, Jelly Roll Morton, arrogant, you know, but like anybody, like the same with sports figures, when you decide to go down the rabbit hole, you realize just like the shy girl when you were in grade two, there's so much more there. And I get it. If you read two poems or, you know, if you're just getting into country music and you listen to one whale and one Willie tune and you go, ah, you know, but if that's your jam Mm -hmm. and you go deep, then you find out all the stuff Mm. that, and, and I just think that's, that's, that's our humanity. That's it's up to you if you're just going to do the caricature or dig. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's uh, everyone, you, me, you know, can, can be written off by, by one sentence of a description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, see, just... I feel yeah. like someone like Neil Young, uh-huh. you know, no, some people don't even know about Crazy Horse. Mm. <laughs> you know, like for them, it's like, oh yeah, the heart of gold guy with the harp on the harness, yeah, yeah, mm, mm. and that, and that's fine because everyone is, you know, living their lives and yeah. uh, art is 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 supposed to be just make people, you know, feel something in times of robotics. So, but as practitioners in the field. Yeah, like you know how many people in in the folk world that don't won't listen to hip hop because the language, mm. and you know, and so many hip hop heads that won't listen to country music because they think it's clan music or something. Everyone has these biases or cliches of what they think certain art forms are. People like in my movie, there's a ballet, and and this someone said after seeing it was like. I always thought his ballet is hoity-toity rich people. Like he had never seen a ballet because he just thought it was for rich people. Uh, and so yeah. I think half of the thing to be an artist is start like going, man, that's like to go back to the beginning of a conversation. The truth is hip hop and country music, they're the, the, they have more in common than anyone is giving respect to. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I just, I had this little cute little quote, Bukowski, I wanted to throw at you. The nine to five is one of the greatest atrocities sprung upon mankind. You give away your life to a function that doesn't interest you. And, um, yeah, well, what do you think? <laughs> you agree? <laughs> the nine to five? Well, C.R. Avery would, was never going to do the nine to five. More of the Lou Reed school, where it was, I can't. Like my brain doesn't work mm. that way. Mm. You know, like I like a, a lot of artists. It's, you know, it's like Kanye, where he says, like, you like my crazy songs, you like my crazy stage shows, and then you're surprised when you find out I'm a little mentally ill. Like, I'm crazy. 
And but that's half year why you like me is because when it works, it works. And I think that's the thing with art. I mean, the originality aspect is that you're doing something that isn't been done before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to go back to the, the studio gangster, it's like, yeah, some people play music on weekends and, and you know, and, and all that. And that's cool. Like it is because then you have these people that have appreciation for what you do. But then there's just, you know, some peeps that it's like, uh, you know, it, this is it. This is, all, you know, yeah. the, I can't be a bank teller. It's just not going <laughs> to. No, and I, I see my friends with the smart hustle, you know, that do, you know, they're amazing on computers and they can make a bunch of money in two days right. to, so they can live a, a, a nice lifestyle while making art. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. It's just not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks for answering that. Um so this is a bit of a grand question in a way, I suppose, but what role do you think poetry or the, the, the performing arts play in the community? I mean, you sort of answered that question, I suppose, but does it have a specific role? That people, why are people drawn to it, people who aren't creative themselves? Is it, is it, does it have remember a function? That, that, uh, remember that Churchill quote when they were, they were like during World War II when they were going to cut all 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 money for the arts you know to put into the war effort oh and and churchill said no he goes if we do that what are we fighting for mm. what words of wisdom eh? yeah yeah no, i agree with that um so see uh yeah it's been fantastic and very exciting to talk to you today and i, I know there's going to be people for having tickets for your shows. Um, you've got upcoming dates in Aotearoa. Uh, you've got 3rd of August, Rotorua, 4th of August, Hastings, 5th of August, Hamilton, 8th of August, Auckland, uh, 9th of August, Waiheke Island, 10th of August, Wellington, 12th of August, Littleton. I mean, wow, that's a good a good uh, road trip across Aotearoa. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, and... In terms of getting in touch with you, um, the best place to go is to go to your website, maybe? What would, or what would you suggest? I'd say listen to my music. Ah, well, you've got links for all of it there, right? Eh? You're on yes, YouTube, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the label um, that is putting on the tour um, with uh, uh, the like um, New Zealand Poet Society, Mm-hmm. The, the, it's the yes. label, the label, and the poet society that are bringing me. And if there's any questions about where to get tickets or um, mm. that type of thing, I would go um, uh, get people to go to um, the record label or the um, the poet society. Oh, sure. Well, we, we're going to be promoting your your um, gig in Hawke's Bay, definitely. It'll be at the common room. And uh, we'll also help promote you around the country, you know. So um, I'd say if if you're out there now, listeners, <laughs> grab a ticket. Go jump on YouTube, have a look at CR. 
um, go to his website, cravery.com, and um, have a look. Jeremy, will you be at the Hastings show? Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you would very you, much. Uh, would you read a couple poems? I'll do a couple. Uh, of, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really thanks. Thanks very much. Look, I tell you what, there's some incredible poets in Hawke's Bay. If you ever get to stop stop for longer, you'll you'll see some remarkable people. I, I'm just completely blown away. <laughs> well, I'd love to. Uh, uh, I love to have them come out to the show and then hang out with them after the show. Oh, I think a lot of them will turn up. Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna give you a big push. <laughs> I think it'll be a sellout at the common room. Yeah, and then it's just really fight. You know, nice. It's it's like. With with everything, it's nice when the gig's over, and then it, we know we head back someplace, and then everyone just starts kicking verses and and singing yeah, yeah. songs. I yeah. love that shit yeah. as much as the gig. Oh, you're going to go down so well in Altaira. You, you're going to be a the um you're going to be asked to return. Yeah. Sincerely. Well, I have this. I have the cinematic opera called Victor on East Hastings. Ah. Um. But it, it's you know it's a bit it's a big production, and I need a you know it's it's half movie half live, so it's better in a night in a little movie theater with everyone eating popcorn and stuff. So definitely next time I come, I'll, I'll bring that right. show. Okay, well, see ya. Thanks so much for talking to me today, and listeners, it's something a bit different day eh, on Hawks Bay Poetry Live. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.